0: Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am! An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do! With your host, Mr. Gray. (laughs) Big meaty man slapping me! And (laughs) Billy V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds! And now featuring Gimli.
1: Really? <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I
0: know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Introducing our international rugby correspondent, Eric Nichols.
2: This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want.
0: <laughs> So there I was in the Wombat Den for another episode of the B-Side Boys podcast. We got Gimli. How you doing,
2: Gim? Heyo. I'm doing well. We got Philly V. Good, you. <laughs>
0: nope, not doing <hearing> that. That's, <laughs> I know. Nope. That's, no, show. I'm good, I'm good. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Also, this is the happiest you've been when we introduced you in the last, like, 80 episodes. Yeah,
1: I don't feel like shit today, and my knees getting better so no brace. really exciting yeah, 27 no brace.
0: 27 seconds in and we've already sworn oh, shit. <laughs> remember Nichols was like oh, yeah. could, we, could we make it a whole episode could we make it 30 minutes 27 seconds <laughs> mark it on the board ah, and shoot. then i forgot I'm, about
2: that it was a little curse it was just a little one
0: <laughs> and then uh i'm mr gray uh no eric Nichols right now he might join we'll see you know Dressing up for Halloween this weekend, he might just be a little under the weather. I don't know. Maybe he celebrated the Eagles' win a little too hard. We'll we'll and find
1: out. Or maybe sulking about the World Cup results. You mm-hmm. never know.
0: He really wanted New Zealand to win, and yeah. standing next to him, uh, watching rugby, especially when the team he wants to win <laughs> isn't winning, is fascinating. It Actually, is. just watching rugby with him in general is—it's a lot of fun. You see the wheels turning. Um, he doesn't sit down normally no he didn't no no. after about after the red card yeah so
1: he does a lot of standing rubbing his head (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) i had to ask him like every 10 minutes like Nichols, like are you still stressed and he'd just be over there yeah yeah." or give you (laughs) just pacing
0: he actually picked up my daughter murphy and was like and i looked at him because i was like ordering a drink i'm like hey that man with a crooked nose has my baby and then i went over i'm like hey (laughs) you're holding murphy he's like yeah I had to pick her up to calm me down <laughs> like, <laughs> it's kind of scary but uh yeah but we'll talk to him later
1: oh yeah, yeah yeah cool
0: and also we have a special returning guest reoccurring guest in studio adam falk adam how hey, you doing you're
2: welcome hello y'all that's it that's yeah. it that's all right, right. good, well, show. good <laughs> to nice. see you thanks for coming i was gonna yeah. say too
0: um yeah we, we got the mic here. So, yeah, we're going to start off with uh, our interview with Adam. Gimli, this is, this
2: is your segment. We're going to let you run with this. Oh, man, thanks. This is big pressure. I've never really had my own. Well, I, I had that one time. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to report about, uh, I think, the first... Or, or something, was it right before World Cup? And then I just had everything wrong. So it was international rugby, and I like, think it was the Owen Farrell situation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. didn't know what I was talking about. But luckily someone corrected me, <laughs> and we got him to here today. So that's why that's I, I actually, should be fine. That's actually really funny you say that, because I remember you
0: texted me, Adam texted me the <laughs> next day to be like, yeah, listen to that. And it was painful. <laughs> yeah, so
2: that's why we brought him in.
0: And know? then that's why we brought Eric Nichols in to do the yeah. international stuff. Yeah, because he
2: at least... You know, takes notes, takes notes, and yeah, mm. sounds like he knows what he's talking Dude, about.
1: Speaking of Owen Farrell, I had to bring it up because I messaged Nichols about it. But uh, did you guys watch that Argentina England match at all? Yes, yeah, That's the first half, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, second half, I can't remember who it was from Argentina, but Owen Farrell went in to tackle him but didn't break down at all. And he took a forearm right into the chest and just got flat backed, mm. and it felt so good to see it. <laughs> I was like, yes, but he was obviously fine, and he. And kicked ass in that match that, and yeah. scored 16 total points, so it's like, yeah, he's still the real winner.
0: <laughs> and didn't cover the spread.
1: Oh, I bet buddy. on that
0: and I lost. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but no, Adam, thank you for joining us. We're yeah. glad you're here. And uh, this interview is brought to you by Tighthead Brewing Company. Tidehead Brewing Company is a craft brewery located in Mundelein, a suburb of Chicago. Their brew pub is a neighborhood institution where friends and families can meet up and enjoy great music, wonderful company, and the best beer in town. Since they opened their doors in 2011, they've poured their heart and soul into every glass. Stop in and taste what they're talking about. Also, if you are not from Chicago, make sure you go to your local grocery store, liquor store, restaurant, bar, pub, whatever. Ask the bartender, ask the owner, ask whoever runs the place for tight head brewing company beer they distribute through doll distributing you can drink it in iowa it is found in iowa and oh yeah the name tight head bruce played rugby for 13 years mostly as a tight head prop bruce is the owner founder and master brewer enjoy tight head brewing company
2: we we've got a lot of stuff to talk about so give take it away i'll take it away adam thanks for coming you bet um adam longtime iowa rugby supporter you kind of represent best representation of uh officiating i would say siring since you know jj i would say you know
3: well that's mighty kind of you to say (laughs) hey you
2: know um i first ran into you on the rugby pitch when i was probably 14 or 15 years old playing high school back in high school back in the high school days uh I was on the Des Moines team, captained by your little brother, mm-hmm. Jason, you know, um, What well, those were good times, yeah. yeah, learned learned a lot from you, I think you tried to teach me how to kick once. And Did I? Maybe, but it didn't, didn't go over very well. <laughs> Not your fault. Uh, I'm sure. <laughs> I was <just> going to say, <laughs> uh, uh, it wasn't meant to be, it's more of a, I could hook it pretty well, but, you know, I wonder if I can boot it. Uh, But yeah, we wanted to bring you in and kind of discuss what you've been doing, especially over the last year. Um, So, officiating-wise, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit what you've been doing and kind of go over a couple of the bigger events you've been to. I don't know if you want to start just in, you know, calendar year, but January you had some stuff going on.
3: Yeah, I think I was back here last fall, so um, it's been a
2: busy year. Yeah. Yeah.
3: my my highlights were January. I got asked to work the NCR All Star Tournament in Houston, mm-hmm. um, so that was a fun weekend. Um, yeah, I did the uh, like the JV Championship, so that was cool to get a, a final. Um, it
2: was so, fun. Were you? Uh, did you actually serve that or were you AR? Yeah, no, there? I yeah. Was center for that one. Perfect. Yeah, so that was cool. Um, How does uh, that feel? What kind of when the stakes? are kind of that high. Any difference? Well, like, so refereeing is competitive
3: amongst referees, because, like, referees, you want the people doing mm-hmm. games at those levels, like, they want the best games and stuff, right? So there's that competitive aspect to it, but, um, like, we're all the only team that we have, too. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you have to be a really strong team player and really strong, you know, support to... Mm you know, fill the role, whatever that may be. Right. Because not only do you on field officials, but like that stuff, you're working the off field stuff. So like number four or doing like sub control or timekeeping, all that kind of stuff to help things go smoothly.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. Like thinking of like you're competitive and you want to give the best platform. And you said that last time we talked to you and it really stuck with me about providing the best platform for athletes to play mm-hmm. or the best, you know, environment for them. But also at the same time, you have to have that trust because it's not like if you're running AR for a guy where you're like, I'll see if he gets this offsides call on him on his own. You know, like you're not gonna hang him out to dry because it's still like you're part of that crew and it's interesting to be competitive, but on the same team, almost like you got your quarterback, your backup quarterback, but yet you still want to win. I I don't know, like that's an interesting mindset, like yeah. trying to understand because I've tried to do some reffing stuff and like my brain it doesn't it doesn't work. Like so it's interesting to hear you. I don't know, explain that and for me to try to make sense of like thinking of like in a game day situation like what that looks like or how you're processing like what is a good game for you? Like when you go out there and either you know center AR um, or even something else like what is you walking off the field how do you assess yourself like that was a good performance by me what does that look like?
3: Well I, if I get to that point i usually don't say that for a few hours gotcha um but it's it's actually funny that you you bring up the you know the ar thing because there's a there's a saying that gets tossed around a lot with like ars mm. and the off-field stuff is that like your primary job is to make the center look good
0: mm. right okay and so, so like, it's like pro wrestling you want to put the other
3: guy over and so you know there's there's a lot of you know standards and stuff that go into like this is how like the baseline that we want everybody right but then mm. you know someone's running the center they might want certain things a certain way or whatever mm-hmm. so then it's like briefing beforehand and trying to get on the same page and mm-hmm. the more you work with the people right then you get to know what they like what they don't like that mm-hmm. kind of thing so
2: at that level are you guys do you have like earpiece some kind of communication like that like radio oh, at those events yeah, yeah we're always yeah. radiated up
3: and and that's where we've been fortunate enough um locally we were able to invest in a set of radios, um, so nice. the the society has a set, um, and then I have a one that I personally bought. So it's nice to oh, okay. have a bit of that here when we have the chance to run, mm-hmm. you know, teams of mm-hmm. three or more.
0: That um, that you get that extra little
3: like connectedness, right? Yep.
0: Yeah. We did that at the Iowa State game, I know, a couple years ago, because mm-hmm. I was one of your ARs, yeah, and there was a call, there was something where someone kicked a ball, there was a knock-on, you were out of position, couldn't see it, and I tried to radio you, and it was the first time ever that I had a radio, and I missed it, and I missed it, and I had Daily screaming in my ear, and Ant <laughs> was screaming, I'm like, oh, uh, knock-on, and then it was a little delayed, but we got it, but it was one of those things where like, I'd never experienced that before, because I feel like oftentimes at the level, like club rugby in Iowa and high school level, like, we're still growing our pool of referees, a lot of times the ARs, uh, it's almost like they just mark where the ball goes out into touch. You know what I mean? Like, not often do we see, unless it's an actual crew working together, where there's any more responsibility than just, oh, here's where the line-out is. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that that's interesting, too, because we, us, as club players, we just, we don't see that yet. No. Is that something as a society you're trying to build more towards of like getting three man crews for every or three person crews for every single event Um, oh
3: that'd be really cool to be able to do right like the there's a couple of factors working against you there right so one is just bodies right (laughs) Um, qualified bodies yeah right yeah because if you're running AR right this is a like an assigned official Mm -hmm. like you are a, a step higher right yeah. Um. Most of the time, you're just working with touch edges, right? Right. So your primary purposes there are touch, um, kicks a goal. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, if you can mark an offside line, like, mm-hmm. great. But um, <laughs> yeah, right. That's yeah. That's, that's all I want what, you yeah. to do. If I'm working with touch edges, that's all I want you to do. I don't want to hear anything else from you, yeah. unless I ask you about something. But it's always going to be touch related. Mm-hmm. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, because that's something too where. Yeah, you probably don't want to hear, because it's normally
1: a person who's one of the least experienced people, and that's why not Yeah, I was not, just going to bring that up. Blame. It's like, yeah, most of the time, it's just, <laughs> you know, you have a guy who's, like, just on your roster, subbing, and it's just like, hey, go run Touch Judge for us real quick, you know, and mm-hmm. they go over there, and, like, half the time, they don't really know what they're doing, and it's just like, ah probably not the best person to go send that way but it's like who else can you really you know throw out there and if you they're know? waving the flag it's like ah, you don't know what you're talking about like, like, stop it, it. <laughs> stop
0: doing that that's not a thing well just
3: the other just the other week i was working a match with a touch judge and um there was a score in a corner and it didn't look like it was close to touch but like the um the touch judge like went like this mm. and i was like wait and so I had to like stop play and like go over and like did they go out? I was like, no, it was a try. And I'm like, don't put your flag up then. Like, like, that means something entirely different. But. Dude,
1: I, I AR'd a little bit at... Uh, um, when would you get certified? Well, okay. <laughs> I was helping out, but uh, it was during Irish Fest and not a single drop of booze all weekend or whatever, you know, and I wasn't really like... This guy bragging. No, and it was like for the high school seventh portion. Okay, I was good, doing good, AR good. stuff, and... I was, like, past the line, and one of our guys, like, looked like he went out of bounds. I put my flag up, and then I looked, and I was past the line. So I called him out of bounds, and he was still in bounds. I was like, shit. You were on the the pitch? I was was on the pitch. I was like, I don't know what the – I don't know what I was doing. I was just Uh, not paying attention, I guess. So, like, it's – you know, even being an experienced player and stuff, you know. You're like, here's where the line is.
0: Don't worry, guys. I'll throw it in. I'll still (laughs) – I'll (laughs) throw it. Don't worry. I I still
1: messed it up. So, So like –
2: at the at the NCR All Stars, you were the only Iowa guy on your crew. Were you the only Midwest guy on your crew?
3: There was a few other folks from the Midwest, but yeah, I was the
2: only. And person then, from Iowa. How did you go about deciding who uh, plays what role? Uh, that gets assigned. So there's a okay.
3: there's a referee coordinator at those types of events. Mm-hmm. Um, and the bigger the event, the more people are involved mm-hmm. with like coordinating coaching evaluating and getting inputs so like it's just assigned right? got it so it's performance based and you know that type of stuff
2: and is that something like paul damgey does for league matches in iowa i know he's been kind of not trying to serve as much and kind of trying to be there i saw him a few matches this year not serving but on the sideline kind of help assisting the serve maybe not even aring but just just kind of Almost like monitoring him. Right. So yeah. one of
3: the things that I've been really focused on in Iowa is trying to grow the referee coaching, mm-hmm. uh, right? Because like, going out there by yourself with no support and no f- good feedback mechanisms mm-hmm. is so intimidating. Yeah, it's frightening. And it's hard yeah. because it, like, there's a hard enough learning curve, and mm-hmm. you're without any support, right? You're just floundering in the wind. And, and players talking shit. Or, you, know. you can be <laughs> in a hustle. You get You get yeah.
4: one.
1: And now let's take a break to hear from one of our sponsors. Convergence Acquisitions LLC is an organization dedicated to providing their creditor partners with a compliance solution for accounts receivable portfolio sales and servicing they enable for their clients to focus on their core business and provide them with a reliable partner they can count on to acquire distressed portfolios. Through over 30 years of accounts receivable management experience, they have developed processes and procedures to recover account portfolios while exceeding compliance expectations. They have partnered with well-respected law firms and other recovery vendors to create an ideal solution for their partners. Convergence Acquisitions evaluates and acquires portfolios including credit card, retail card, consumer loans, auto loans, draft deposit accounts, EMS services, and more. For more information on selling portfolios to use, please contact our business development team at 855-200-6096 or via email at acquisitions at convergenceacquisitions.com.
4: Paul's
3: been, I've been trying to move him into more of the coaching. Um, I would love to have him do coaching like full time. Mm, Um, He's great with that. Um, has a lot of experience there. And we um, have a couple of other people that um, that we use in that capacity
0: as well. Well, I think, too, the instant feedback is, like, the most important part. Mm-hmm. Like, we see that, like, in education all the time where it's like, if you don't give that feedback right away where it's fresh with the student, it's fresh with this new referee, like, they're in the mindset still of, like, oh, should did I make the right call? Like, what? so like giving that and just giving Mm. that validation you know the confidence boost because yeah there's so many times a new referee goes out and then they just go home by themselves and they don't get to talk to anyone and it's just a self-doubt creeps in or you know they go to the social and people are like just randomly talking like oh this was good this was good that was a bullshit call and it's like that probably eats at you even though the player's probably wrong because they're super biased so like to have Someone in your corner, like you said, that teammate who's like, no, you made a good call here. What were you thinking here? And to have them think through, um, I think that's huge. And I, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure for, we had maybe two times at our Wombat matches, maybe all three of them. The referee had a coach there, which yeah. was really cool to see.
4: At the home <clears throat> matches. Yeah. At
0: the home matches yeah. where pre-match, they were talking. Halftime, they were talking. Mm-hmm. Post-match, they were talking. And I just think that was huge for those guys. Yeah. And then Because
1: mm-hmm. prior to that, it was probably, like, what, the only time you could really get, like, consistent feedback would probably be Summer 7 Series when there's multiple serves there, you it, know? Or, like, a That's, tournament. Yeah, yeah any tournament, sort of tournament
3: so. was usually the only time where you got mm-hmm. some of that, like, peer feedback. Yeah. And so even just doing the peer feedback is different, right? Because, like, I'll get asked to, you know, okay, oh, watch for a little bit, sure. But it's like, I got a match I need to prep for. So it's like, right. I'm half paying attention to this right because i got my own things to do mm-hmm. and, yeah, and that you short changes up in there else. right yeah um so but
2: having that dedicated person is
3: mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm.
2: so for something like that uh at the all star at the ncrs afterwards is there like a film session or is there any kind of like notes you get from from anyone after? sometimes
3: sometimes not it depends okay.
2: like yeah. it, it really varies on the the sure People, the
3: event, the coaches, the number of matches, Mm -hmm. like what's on their plate, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and that was kind of since I guess it's all-star, it's probably not, you know, it's it's not randoms, but it's people from all over coming. It's not necessarily... It's probably not, you know, they, they, they care, obviously, but right, it's not yeah. as big a so deal So, like, a lot of those club. teams
3: are, are, you know, like, they're high talent, maybe mm-hmm. m- mid-low cohesion, right? Because yeah. they've only played with each other a handful of times. You now, some mm-hmm. of them are academy teams, and, you know, they were the ones that kind of performed a little better, right? Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but, yeah, so. Cool.
2: And from there, what was the next thing you did? Was it bigger event? Was it the CRCs in April? Or is so, there something in between there? Yeah,
3: so I, I work with CRCs, but I, off field, I was involved with the um, first ever Chicago Hounds match. Oh, yeah. Ooh, well you did yeah. the very, like, the first full yeah, match? First oh, oh, okay. Yeah, the first, wow. Okay. Which was great, because it was, like, the nicest weather one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, surprising. I, yeah, I did, um, I was a sub-control okay. for that. Right, so I was an off field official, um,
0: just keeping track of the player movements. Mm-hmm. How was that experience different than any other experience you had? Positives, negatives, like, how did that compare to anything else you've done? Just, like, on scale, too. Like, did it feel bigger because it was professional, or what was that like? Oh, yeah, like, the the occasion was was big, right? It Mm -hmm.
3: was Chicago Hounds' first match, all that stuff, right? Um, It was, you know, earlier in the year or whatever, so the teams were all still pretty excited like Mm -hmm. you know anybody can come in at this point kind of thing yeah um just the environment though like there was very tense yeah right Mm -hmm. just very like you know it's a a high performance environment right Right. Mm so um everyone's looking for like
0: that you know one percent edge or whatever right Mm -hmm. Uh, and like even like players referees like like everybody was on like just ready to go like is that what you're saying yeah no right
3: and you know organizing something like that Mm -hmm. with, you know, broadcast and however many Mm. different angles, right? Like they had a big, you know, pre-match ceremony. They had the, um, the dog. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. they great. had, you know, like um Welcome to Dogtown. <laughs> you know, like kids walking out, like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, they had yeah, yeah. this big really detailed outrun sheet with like times and, you know, like all that type of stuff that you have to have in an event like that. So well, there's I that mean, level of professionalism? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Here yeah. <laughs> <You're> in the we have a run sheet. a whiteboard, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, we just pointed <laughs> to our whiteboard that has times that we're going to loosely follow, you know. Mm-hmm. Pro- yeah. Professionalism, you said it. The B side boys are professional. Um keep going,
2: Gim. You're doing great. <laughs> okay. Well, I, Adam was talking, but it's fine. Yeah, I know mean. I know. <laughs> Shooting from uh, the hip. We have a schedule we, on the wall. I know. When you <laughs> So sub coordinator is that Yeah, I was doing sub control. Sub control. Mm-hmm. So do you hold up one of those light up signs that has the numbers? No. So what I was responsible with soccer. uh, They use those sometimes. They use those sometimes, yeah. 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 Um,
3: But so I was interface between the team manager and then the um, the main tech zone manager, the main number Mm -hmm. four. Okay. So it's it's kind of a funny little like process, and um, with you all having done the um, the Nationals thing with Bremer, you might have had like sub control with like the sub cards and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah Yeah. so it's just
0: um, it feels like a high school wrestling meet bit, or something yeah, like where you have to go check in and 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 it's not just like I'm just gonna walk in when the ref's not looking Like, <laughs> it's it's just not like sir 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 sir, sir, sir. sir, right. sir yeah. I'm coming yeah. on who are you coming on for eh, don't worry about it like yeah <laughs> way different where mm-hmm. you're so used to club where it's like yeah hey, people just come and go whatever mm-hmm. like, well am just like so like
3: sh- I was not working the Chicago side but Chicago had like a front row player go down right and it's like okay is, are they gonna tag him as an injury sub or a tactical because those mean different things and you can do different things with that. Mm. Um, And so, like, I had on my side to deal with a a front row sim bin at, you know, late in the game or whatever, Mm. right? So it's like scribbling out more cards to give to the team manager to fill out to let the the – First prop, go back on, dropping the flanker kind of thing at the next scrum type Mm -hmm. stuff. Just getting all that ready so that it's a seamless event Right. right. and keeps the the
0: product on the field moving, right? Make sure that everything is done officially and all that stuff. Yeah, and recorded. Mm -hmm. That's interesting because I've seen that in the Rugby Explorer app when I enter in our info for like the Wombats. And it says like, what was the reason for the substitution? And it's like because we felt like getting someone new on, like, that's not an option. And I've seen that tactical or fresh, injury or – Fresh legs. Yeah, and I, I guess I didn't – I didn't know there was a difference because at the club level, it's like, we want to take this guy out. We put a new guy on, like, that's um, – like, That was fall the tactical, or, but, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. There's times that yeah. guys are – yeah, I don't know. Not being able to run for 20 minutes, um, <laughs> there's not a button for that. yeah. Nah. Well, that luckily,
3: that, that one wasn't too wild with, you know, player movement stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, I was, I guess, jumping ahead in the calendar, I was involved with the USA Toulouse match. And yeah. that one yeah. was, I wasn't doing um, sub-control for either of the teams. But, um, like, Toulouse had, like, an HIA and a yellow card. Like, all these things happened, like, right away. And then mm. getting it sorted out, like, mm. what was what, who's back on when, what they're going to do, like, was Hectic. Because you only have, like, certain time frames for all these certain things to
0: happen. Mm -hmm. And so, like,
3: it has to be done. That's
0: interesting, too, where, like, officiating the match crosses over into the broadcast. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, hey, you have to do your job seamlessly because we've got sponsorships. And, like, the way rugby is where, you know, we're not taking TV timeouts like football every single time there's a turnover. Like, how those two intersect. That's really interesting because, I mean, I would never think of that. Um, just watching the World Cup the other day, like I'm not mm-hmm. thinking of how are they communicating this so that the broadcast knows what's happening. Yeah, and, and that match was in Utah, right? Yeah, did they play mm-hmm. where the Warriors play?
3: Uh, no, they played where the MLS team, the Real Salt Lake, Real Salt Lake. Oh, I would okay. Say. Yeah,
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah,
3: cool,
1: that's awesome. Yeah, that was that must have been a pretty cool one because that was like fairly fresh off of our loss to Chile, wasn't it? It was like pretty. Close wasn't it between those it times? Was the week after you hurt your knee, was it? I think so. Yeah, it was, was mid-September. Was it that? Late? It, was oh, two, it was that late. Wow. Okay, so it was a day. Wow. Yeah, you're right. I thought that was like pretty close to being off from when we lost to Chile. I was like, oh, that sucks, but. Okay, never mind then. I'm getting my time frames all. Are you saying? Yeah, showed you up? Chile like that? Adam jumped you? way ahead. That's not. No, your yeah, part. yeah, that's yeah, Adam's
0: fault. He all jumped that, way ahead. Yeah, I'll that one. <laughs>
2: a year and a half, but. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, adding on to that, yeah, that must have been pretty pretty awesome. But how did you how did you get that call? Like, did someone? Did USA Rugby just call you up, or what? Or uh, was that something planned ahead of time? Um.
3: Yeah. So I'm a part of this national development group. Um, for referees, and there was a referee camp in Salt Lake City that was coinciding with this match, and I was attending that camp, and Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, will you put your name in somehow or whatever? Mm -hmm. I don't know how that all happened, but it was, yeah. Sweet. You're going to be involved, and I was the timekeeper. Okay. So I was listening to the referee, right, call Mm -hmm. time on, time off, Mm -hmm. keeping my stopwatch, sitting right next to the, the red hat, the broadcast guy, Telling him when to like stop the stadium clock, start the stadium clock, because oh, that wow. was controlling the stadium and the broadcast stuff. And so okay, then we would yeah. like compare and sync back up at like stoppages and that kind of thing so that the stadium clock was always accurate.
1: Wow. Hmm. You get a chance to try a little bit of everything, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. That was a good match, too. I mean, it was. It
2: was, was exciting. It? Yeah. 24 21, I think. Something, Something like, like that. Something like that. Oh,
4: fairly close. USA one, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know.
2: Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Who who was
3: uh, Toulouse? Exactly. Toulouse is a French club team. Okay, that's what. Hmm. So they're like premier Yeah, they're in their that that French. top 14 okay. professional league and um, they're usually contending for like the um, whatever the Heineken Cup is called these days.
2: Not the Heineken Cup.
3: Yeah, the European Championship, whatever it's called. The Winston the, the, Cup. The
2: Cup formerly
3: known
0: as the Heineken <laughs> Cup. Okay. Yeah.
3: It's
0: all like, right. who, whoever's a sponsor. But they did really <laughs> cool advertising for that. I remember that match. I feel like USA Rugby really promoted that match really well. Mm-hmm. I feel like that was cool. I'd like to see more of that.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Because they really went all out for that one, which I thought was interesting because it was like, you know, a USA team against a French club. And they were, like, promoting it almost like it was, like, the Super Bowl of USA Rugby. I don't know. Like, just (laughs) from the promotion. I'm not saying that it was anywhere on that level, but just the way they promoted it was cool. Where it was, like, we should do that for all events. Like, Mm. hype them up.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Maybe you should be in charge of the social media for USA Rugby, Mr. Gray. Too
4: many social (laughs) media
1: accounts already. Oh. Get involved. They'd corrupt you, probably. Mm. Or
2: you'd corrupt them. Yeah. Um, You can't trust this guy. Anyway. I know. Um that's awesome. We'll jump back uh to the CRCs. Yeah. So CRCs was um April, April and
3: it was wet. wet. Very very wet. Yeah. yeah. Just rained the whole time. The first day it just like monsooned. Um they had to close a couple of fields um mm. and canceled a whole slew of matches and stuff. Wow. The second day was great. It was sunny and like 70. Um <laughs> And then completely the, different, yeah. Yeah, and then the third day was um, only the championship matches, and it was mm. cold and rainy again.
1: Did you ever sneak over and watch you and I play at all when they were out there?
3: Uh, I gotta catch like a half of one of their. Yeah, because I'm mean,
1: obviously you're busy and running around and stuff. I was just curious if you ever got yeah. a chance to watch them, or I guess Wayne State was out there too and Central. Yeah,
3: yeah, Central was there. The UNI women were there. Right. Iowa State women were there. You of I women were there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, you kind of see him in passing a bit, right? Because it's like, oh, i got to get to this field at this time. And mm-hmm. Oh, hey, they're playing. Okay, that's the score.
1: Yeah, That that type of thing. Yeah, because it was you and Eddie, both from Iowa, that were there. Jeff McHenry also. And Jeff, okay. Went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he? It's a pretty good little it. representation.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hopefully it was a good experience for them, even if it was
1: soggy. Uh, well, we talked to Eddie, like, right after um, mm-hmm. the CRC, and he made it sound like he had a ton of fun, and it was – pretty cool little event and like i remember too yeah like you said with the weather they did a really good job of like working around that and like making the rest of the weekend go smooth for like what they were dealing with like that was pretty cool to see then you know be able to bounce back from all that
0: yeah eddie seemed like
1: uh he said he
0: grew a lot from it like to talk to people from other unions and just kind of how they like the networking was huge and just to pick other people's brains i think that's something too that we we lack sometimes in Iowa where we get in these little bubbles or echo chambers or not even intentionally, but just like for lack of opportunities. Like it's cool to have some an outside, you know, vision or outside voice come in to be like, hey, think about this differently. And then it really challenges you. And, and the way he made it sound, because, yeah, we talked to him, what, like well, it was right, like right back, after. Yeah. It was like three days <laughs> yeah. after. So everything was fresh. And no that was really cool to hear.
3: Yeah, it's nice to step out um, and get those different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. And like, There are some incredible, you know, rugby mm-hmm. minds and people mm-hmm. around. So yeah. anytime you can get any sort of feedback, it's great.
2: Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you bring extra boots? How, how soaked were your boots after that first day? <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I bought a second pair after that weekend because, um, yeah. No, I, d- I did take my, my – um, got little, like, plug-in boot dryer things. For oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those were great. Um, <laughs> because, yeah. Worth it. it. Was, everything was just soaked. Oh, it exactly.
1: Was there any match that you, like, remember particularly just being, like, really fun to, like, sir or be a part of? So, I had a match
3: on the second day. Um, I'm struggling to remember Dartmouth and somebody... And I went to overtime and so still high level teams. <laughs> I went to overtime, and it was a it was a men's premiere like consolation round thing, but so just with the overtime bit, like that was exciting and fun.
0: Nice. Right. just the high pressure, just any uh, like next score wins, just having that kind of yeah, that feel to it like everybody has to make the right you know decision, the right mm-hmm. call. Yeah
3: and kinda so like high stakes. I, I called a penalty like, a minute or so into the overtime, right, and the team it was called to, it was, like, as soon as they blew it, I'm, like, well, this is going to be the game because they mm-hmm. went quick, and they shot down, you know, 50 meters, mm-hmm. and, like, I obsessed over that. Like, I pulled the, the footage up and watched it over and over again. Yeah. And like, I bounced it off a bunch of people, like, hey, mm-hmm. was this good, bad, or whatever? Because mm-hmm. that, that was the one that kind of, like, stuck mm-hmm. with me kind of. Mm-hmm. You, know, you right. talked earlier about, um, you know, like, walking off feeling good or whatever, mm-hmm. that one was like a... I don't know how I feel about that one. I still, yeah. I still don't know. But. Did
2: Dartmouth win that match? I believe so. <laughs> I don't remember. Is this, I, I'm, looking at the, I'm looking at the bracket now. It they had played, been in the afternoon. They played Marianne in the first match. Then they played Indiana. Then they played Queens. Then they played Cootstown. Nope, they didn't play Cootstown, I lied. But it... <laughs> They played Indiana and Marion, and then in the the consolation, ah, I'm doing bad. That's all right. I (laughs) feel like...
3: That's all I got. You do, like, five or six matches a day. Yeah.
0: They They get done together. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was one, too, where Eddie told us he had a moment that he was, like still thinking about and we actually found the exact moment on youtube because he's like oh yeah if you pulled up you can see me and i forget what he did but there was something was he at a position or something or possibly i can't remember something because it was so wet and he was just thinking about it like oh we just saw it and we gave the exact minute mark and everything and (laughs) like if you want to see it like
1: (laughs) that's a good sign though that at least you know you like if you're like questioning something that you did you know and like you want to know like Mm -hmm or get, like, feedback from other people and see if there's any way, like, that you could have done it better or made, like, any kind of improvement. Like, that's Mm -hmm. always a good sign to always, obviously, keep trying to get better at what you do, so. And I think that's good for other people to hear, like, inside
0: the mind of a referee where, like, you know, I feel like so often people play from high school to college to senior side where I don't even know if, like, people are – being empathetic towards referees at all, where it's just like, you know, it bothers you too if you don't make the right call. You know what I mean? Like, there's not like this weird bias where you're like, you know what, I want to go out there and just make absolute wild <laughs> calls. And I'm just going to shoot from the hip and make stuff up as I go. Like, obviously that's not your intent, but sometimes when people shout things out, it's like, what do you do? And it's like, you have a clear, you've read the law book more than anybody on the field, probably combined. And then also, like, you want to make the right call as well. And things happen very fast, you know? I I don't know, I I just think, because that's something too where, as I've been trying to look at the law book a little bit more, where, especially in like scrums, where I feel like things are so hard to interpret, where like, you know, let's say we're driving into a scrum and it comes up. Is it the attacking person that's driving up? Or was it the defensive person who just gave up and stood up? Who do you call the penalty on? Like, there's so much, like, where you can interpret it, where I'm always going to believe as a player, like, I was right. You know what I mean? And things can be looked at a different way. So, I mean, it's just such a tough spot, but, like, people need to know, like, you carry that with you, too. You want the right call just as much as the players want the right call. Well, and that's, it's interesting, right? Because the right call can mean so
3: many different things in Mm -hmm. so many different Mm -hmm. contexts, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, so depending on that individual match, depending on, where you're at in the field, what this game is, what this game is needing from mm-hmm. you as the referee. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. there's so much that goes into it. And so it's more than just, you know, right, wrong. Because mm-hmm. I don't think that people want rugby referees calling balls and strikes because I think yeah. that mm-hmm. everyone here has probably been in a match where that's happened and it sucks to a part of. Hey, they you they don't
0: want to a whistle. whistle. It stalls the game. Yeah. Every single time there's a breakdown, like whistle, whistle, whistle. Like, you want it to play. Yeah. And so everything's different. And also, too, with that, um, oh shoot, I had something really, really good. Come on, Dre, blanked on it. Um, hold on, 34 minutes, we'll cut this part out <laughs> while I'm thinking of it. Um, <sighs> fuck. it was, it was good. I'm telling you, it was good. We'll come back
2: to it, we'll come back, it'll come back to me. Yeah. Um, but in, in all those, you're saying, you know, you guys have the radios on and whatnot. Are you, if you're the main sir, are you? Consistently, kind of talking it out to yourself, or talking it out so that even if just the guys around you or can hear what you're saying, you're kind of almost narrating your own so, your own calls, or you're, or you're doing that some, play right. on, or let that go, or stop that, or you yeah. Do so that, it, it's really you know, interesting, like how much you talk and what you
3: talk about during mm-hmm. a match, right? Because you want the anytime you speak, you want a response right from the players, and if I'm talking all the time, then yes. it's white noise and you get tuned out, right? Yeah. Um, But if you aren't communicating enough, then that breaks down the trust that the players are trying to, that you're trying to build with the players. Mm -hmm. And they're going to be like, well, this guy doesn't know what they're talking about, right? right? So finding that balance of what's important to say and when it's important to say, like when it matters and acting at those moments is what's going to elevate that Mm-hmm. Is match, that just a, a match
2: by match thing too? Everything's a little, every match is a little different. Oh yeah, because every
3: yeah? match asks something different of you, and it. it's hard to. That's something I'm working on is like finding that, you know, depth or
0: or feel for it. Wow. and that reminded me what I was gonna say.
4: Nah, We're sorry. back.
0: So every match is different. You're not gonna call it the exact. No, no, no. Hear me out. No, nope. you're not gonna call it exactly the same way every time. That's something I really appreciate that you do during those um review sessions that you've done where like mm-hmm. high school referees get together you do the zoom call and you look at something mm, yeah. and you you don't so many times a referee will be like here's my clip that we're going to review and then they just go and like no fault to them but there's just like here's what I did tell me what the right thing is And you don't give them an answer, and it like pisses people off, and they can't understand that. It's like, well, talk through the context. What did you see? What are you thinking? What is happening? What does the game call for? You need to make the decision. And it's not just you saying, like, oh, yeah, you should have said this. You should have called a knock on here. You should have called a five-meter scrum here. You put it in their hands to say, like, think through this. Actually, critically think, and in the context of the game. And I I like that because it's not just – Every time you see this, you call this call because rugby is so fluid. I think that's something like players and referees are learning that like every match looks different. The context really changes how you interpret the law. And like, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's something that's what I wanted to say was. was thank you. When you
3: when you first start refereeing, it's it's a lot. Right. And yeah. so you are very reactionary. And you are really trying to identify what is right and wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, I want to call the balls and strikes, and that's good, because you need to develop that. Mm-hmm. Um, then it's how you take those next steps is what, I don't know, what makes to you the referee that you will be. Separates the mm-hmm. men from the boys,
2: yeah? maybe. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay. Or the, you know, the girls from the women. And well, yeah, anybody. Kind or of the women from the bo- girls or you- – Men from the girls, anything, or from you know? social side to high level, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe that's a better more. Put it <laughs> a better way to put it. What, be too. And just watching the World Cup matches this year, um, I think that's one of the best if, out of any professional sport. I think it's one of the best as a spectator to watch. Is you actually see the sir, and you can hear every single the sirs always mic'd up and it's mic'd up with broadcast so you can hear every single thing they're saying the entire match which is if i could hear that in a you know nfl game or college football or major league baseball it's like you actually don't need to figure out what were they thinking there because you're actually listening to them talk and like you said they they have the walkies and when they're not sure about something they go to it or when someone else the ar has something to say they take the second to you know stop it and figure it out And just to kind of, even though that is kind of like narration, like you said, almost like talking a lot, it's like as a spectator, you actually know what's going on. And it it makes you understand what happened. like I know yesterday or Saturday in the World Cup final, um, New Zealand had a a big play and a big try to go ahead. And it got called back because of a knock-on that somebody saw upstairs that the uh, Sir didn't see and the ARs didn't see. And someone up in the booth saw it and called it, and they went back and looked at it. And, you know, stuff like that is important because otherwise you're just watching the match, you know. Well, I never would have saw it if they wouldn't have went back. And they actually broke down and explained it. They didn't, like, leave it up in the air, like there was some suspense, or they didn't make it cloudy and make it look like they're, you know, smoking mirrors behind behind the scenes, rigging stuff. So
3: and That's one of the things that Wayne Barnes is very good at mm-hmm. um, is – communicating and making that that quick line of thought and then articulating it so that people understand Mm -hmm. yeah and like in my own pocket right i've started recording myself when i'm doing a match and then Mm. when i am able to get video from teams i'll sync it back up for my self-review so i can hear oh wow that my perspective yeah with the video that i get because you know Club video is all over the place with quality and stuff. Yeah, and so, yeah, or if it exists, or if it yeah, exists, if it exists. <laughs> right. yeah. like yeah. And so that's a plug, right? Teams record your matches so that referees can get yeah. it and do review. We're working um, on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're but, gonna do it eventually. But yeah, like hearing my own, my own communication throughout, yeah. like it's worth your. Monologue. I've gotten a lot better at iMovie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it helps
2: tremendously. Yeah. Wow. Hmm. And do you, I guess going back to that too, do you watch a lot of matches from the perspective of the SIR? Like, do you watch international, MOR, and maybe not necessarily watch it for as much entertainment or as a spectator, but to just kind of watch and learn how the officials do what they're doing and kind of... So a lot of... A lot of...
3: How refereeing happens at those professional levels, mm-hmm. trying to apply it to the community level is going to be weird.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um.
3: And so you can take things about, um, the referee's performance at those levels and try mm-hmm. to apply it. Right. So like their movement, how when they move, um, like there's their position on the field. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or um, you know the ways in which they talk, like the phrases mm-hmm. that they use, like, mm-hmm. you know, steal those kinds of things. Right. Because some things you you it'll work out well for you if you take and then other things will probably backfire mm-hmm. at the community level
2: um confuse people <laughs> well it's so like the big
3: thing right um you know in most of that professional and international stuff now the referee is standing at the back of the line out you know arms out in a T, yep. and they do this big like dramatic like come up or whatever right and like that's selling it for the tv and stuff mm-hmm. <clears throat> but they can get away with that because they have ARs watching offside and stuff, so their focus is right down that tunnel Mm -hmm. the entire time. like As a community ref, you can't do that. Because you have to watch
0: everything.
3: Right, because you usually have touch judges, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so that position won't work well for you Mm -hmm. on the community side. So just taking pieces, right? Um, Yeah.
0: Was there anything in the World Cup? Did you watch the World Cup? Was there anything that you took away from that? Or did... Did you think, like, in that finals match, things were called um, how you thought they would be? Or was there anything that you found interesting? Like, any takeaways from the World Cup at all? Um, I watched, I
3: don't know, good chunks. Mm -hmm. Like, I I very rarely Mm -hmm. can watch an entire match, so it's like, Mm -hmm. I'll watch the first half, or, like, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, But I think overall, I think the officiating, like, at the World Cup was Mm
4: -hmm.
3: mostly consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, It seemed like there were controversial quote-unquote things in um you know the business end right but that's gonna happen when the margins are super narrow yeah um the bunker thing was interesting to see i don't know exactly what i think about it um it definitely kept the the game moving um but then the i guess the the lack of transparency on what that decision, you know, or how they came is. up with that decision. Right, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's available for the teams and all that stuff, right? But it's like black boxed away from, mm. from yeah. you, right? And so yeah. sometimes the T M O would like, you know, come back through and like, Hey, this is why it's a red and that helps.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have the sound on. Well, we,
1: we did, but like it got well, to be like so many people in there at a certain point. It was like kind of it was loud, and we couldn't quite hear like the TV. It wasn't any... through the
0: surround sound, it was through a TV. Yeah, so, oh, okay,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, like we had like subtitles up, but even then, it's like some people complained that there were subtitles on the TV, and it's just like, <laughs> it's like I want to be able to read this, like, I want to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was yeah. it was fun though. We could feel subtly just saying, like, yeah, I can read
0: pretty was so <laughs> successful, it was hard to hear the TV. <laughs> Uh, like, you were going to bring it up
1: eventually.
2: I know. It's <laughs> the whole point of all of
0: this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was the ever. first
2: red card in
1: a World Cup final ever. Was it? It was. Wow. Yeah. It was. That was the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was actually, I felt like there was a decent amount of cards in that match. It there were three, right? Me. Yeah, yeah there's three. Two yeah. yellows
3: and then the... Yeah. Which, that upgraded. that was
1: part of that controversial, because, like, with TMO and stuff, like, or they can, like, review a card or whatever in the in international league, so it's like, it's an automatic yellow and then they can decide later on if they want to upgrade it to red and there was some controversy because in the new zealand match with their flanker like like head-to-head contact and then south africa's i can't remember who got the card from south africa but people were saying it was like pretty much the exact same thing but that was still just a yellow compared to new zealand's uh captain getting a red upgrade to a red but they were saying like south africa's i think it was their flanker too that should have been upgraded to a red too, but I don't know.
3: Well, that's where, it, so like the head contact process is like interesting, right? Because yeah. it um, it tries to standardize the process, right? Mm-hmm. That you yeah. use to make these decisions. And so like uh, your judgment on whether something is this or that might be different than mine, yeah, right? And you're always going to have that because you're never going to have 100% agreement there. Mm-hmm. But if you take your judgments and you apply it to this process, it takes you here or there. And mm-hmm. so you have... This is how I got to this decision, mm. yeah. right? Check this box, this box, this box, and so it's this. Yeah, And so you might disagree about the judgments, but you can't really argue with how you got there mm. or, I guess, where you ended
0: up because,
3: depending on your judgment, you ended up here or there or whatever.
4: Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So it's like a flow chart. That it really is, like, yeah. 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 Like,
3: that's yeah. what it's printed out mm-hmm. as. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, no, I still think Iowa didn't call fair
2: catch, and they should have <laughs> beat Minnesota, but whatever. It's neither here nor there.
0: Come on.
1: That was great. tough.
2: Um, <laughs> did, you, did you participate in any other MLR games?
3: I actually got to be an assistant referee at one of the Hounds matches. Um oh, okay. When they played San Diego, um, I think it was their last home match.
2: Sweet. So that was That was that a was good cool. match, too. That was a good match, that yeah. was cool. Yeah. It was. Do you get to keep your kit and stuff they give you? Uh, I didn't. I didn't know because I was,
3: um, I was somebody kind of like you know, getting a look type of thing. Oh, mm. um, ah. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. You know, I was That's thinking good. about
1: it, like just from earlier, you were talking about like assignments. You know, so you get assigned mm-hmm. by like the Midwest or whatever. They'll put you on certain assignments. Do you ever find yourself like getting like reoccurring referees that you get to work with? Like, is there like a lot of people that you get to work with almost like? the same people like every week or anything like that so you get some of that um
3: like i've gotten to know a number of people that you know are elsewhere in the country right yeah you see them at things like you know those events or like camps or Mm. zoom calls or whatever right um yeah
1: yeah i never know if it's like if it ever got to a certain point because you know like how like nfl or uh just like college football and stuff there's like teams of referees you know so it's all those referees that like work together like an every you know game you know every weekend i never knew if like it would ever get to a point where you know rugby does that type deal maybe uh so how it works with like mlr um mm-hmm. like each each city that
3: has a team has a pool of ars mm-hmm. that are attached to it and then the referees are assigned and so they're traveling in or whatever okay. um and so you get contacted you know Wednesday ish or whatever, like, hey, here's my game plan or whatever. Like, some will, you know, set up calls quick or whatever to talk through it. Um, When I worked the sideline, we just met pre match, um, you know, in the locker room because he sent the game plan out a few days ahead, like, hey, bring questions or whatever. um, And then filled in some more details and that kind of thing, you know, Hmm. pre match, like what I like, what I don't want to hear, that type of thing.
2: Okay. Cool. Hopefully you get call back up again you know yeah i'd Next love to come. i'd love to
3: make the the ar pool but we'll see
2: yeah what's uh what's the goals for
0: 2024 or what's uh what's the plan can you can you share what what's coming up for you or what you're looking ahead to or
3: uh, i have no idea <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. i, sl- what I still you... not done with 23 yet right
3: I, yeah i'm working midwest championships um on the 11th and yeah. then um, doing ncr's championships in december
0: Wow! Oh, wow. All right. So yeah. my year's
3: not done yet. Yeah.
0: Well, and those are a those couple of big yeah. events. And, yeah. Um, Midwest We're Championship uh, will be guaranteed to be wet, cold, and snowy. And- like you, Right now, it's yeah. like
3: 47 and partly cloudy. <laughs> that one kind so. of It's, it's <laughs> never that nice. <laughs> <is>. <laughs> I know, but uh,
1: I can, but yeah. I can yeah. hope. Can Hold on on bring, and then hopefully you see you and I at NCR. That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be cool. cool. That'd be very mm-hmm. cool. cool.
0: Yeah, they're doing all right yeah they're all right they're fine they're decent <laughs> but yeah any goals though for next year hoping for anything or just take whatever comes your way
3: um so like i try not to set goals around like assignment stuff because mm-hmm. it's like i can't control any of that stuff yeah right. yeah um so i have my things that i'm working on like gotcha. my thing my big thing is i want to get better at the contextual refereeing mm. um kind of talked about that a little bit earlier and then i need to find a little better life balance with it because mm. like this fall i really overextended myself um early on and um yeah gotcha.
0: It's well, a lot
2: yeah what it's about of
0: travel what about two for um you know just a shout out a plug for people who may not referee but they're on the fence um why should people get into it
3: so it's like the the old you know adage or whatever right it's a way to stay connected to the game and that's true right mm-hmm. there are a lot of roles available that's true we kind of talked about some of the more lesser known ones earlier yeah. mm-hmm. um, and so it's not always like you have to be a center referee right. to be involved with this stuff right like mm-hmm. there's, there's coaching there's off field you know match officiating that type mm-hmm. of stuff right like mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways to get involved and one of the things that I liked about or I like about refereeing is it really scratches that competitive itch that I have, mm-hmm. but it also scratches that I don't want to get slammed by some 6'3", like, <laughs> 250 flanker mm-hmm. for 40 minutes and then go to work on Monday.
0: Gotcha.
1: Itch yeah. that I have. You don't have to worry about that big of a flanker D3 Iowa rugby. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, 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 right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Like five, nine, Yeah. It <laughs> <laughs> still hits really hard, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so... Um, could there be any possibilities for uh, any referee education coming up in Iowa soon? Or
3: so we had, a, we had two courses this last year, which is great. Um, yeah. Quad City hosted one, so Craig Ayer kind of ran with oh, yeah. a lot of that, and then um, River City put one on, and Mark Blong kind of ran with that. So like, mm-hmm. they helped. Um, you know, there was what twelve, fifteen. Yeah, they had a good each? turnout. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which is wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And it couldn't have happened without those guys because I don't have enough hours in the day Mm -hmm. to do it all. Um, But, yeah, I would love to get one in before um, boys high school starts. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, even if it's... uh, Like, your cert is good for your lifetime, Mm -hmm. that level one, right? Um, And so even if it's not something you really want to do right away... If you think you might want to get involved, I say take the course. Um, you know, there's a fee involved in that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like we have some resources available to help. And we have um, within the Iowa Society a reimbursement thing where if you take three um, full, full you know, match assignments in mm-hmm. your first year, then, you know, we'll reimburse your oh, that's
2: uh, nice.
3: course, you know, Fees, cost. Yeah. yeah.
2: So... Um, so, how many folks would you need to make it worth worth the while to get one of these going?
3: So, a class has to have there's a minimum, and it's like ten or twelve. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not eight. bad
2: at all. Well, what would you row would you like though? Mm-hmm. Like, would you realistically, how many people would you like to see? Oh. A <laughs> hundred. <laughs> I
3: would like to see however many people take the course, like follow through and do something with it, with it. within that's... like
0: the first like while or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. We've talked about that before. I remember the course that I got certified in was in Ankening. We had like 30 people there. It mm-hmm. was right before COVID. And of those 30 people, not many have done anything with it. And, like, I'm one of them, too. Like, I mean, it's just one of those things, like, we always say, like, oh, becoming a referee, you it helps you as a coach. It helps you as a player. Well, if you're still coaching and playing, <laughs> it doesn't help the referee pool. Like, right. But like, like you said, it, it stays forever, and hopefully those guys will use it someday. Um, but that's the big thing, too, when we look at, you know, 12 got certified here, 15 here. But the really, really important number is how many of those 27 actually became full-time referees or actually took on one match, let alone a full season. Because, um, again, as we looked this fall, it was the same five, six names that did every single weekend. Yeah. It was. And we appreciate yeah. them. Yeah. Right. right. A, lot. a lot. But we would love to support them and, and help out because, yeah, Paul Wood can't be doing that forever. He probably and should he be in a sh- coaching role. Yeah. Right? No, he,
3: he needs to be coaching right more full-time. Same right. with, you know, Paul, Paul Damagey. Damage. He's going to yeah. be more valuable in yeah. that capacity than right. running center. But yep. until that next – group starts filling in that right and yeah. kinda of bumps him off the off the active roster yeah. right. Um, you know, if you want your match to, to happen,
0: you need a referee. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We've all been there before where we get that call from Adam and says, Hey your match isn't gonna happen unless you referee it. Do you remember it? Yeah, I remember. Two that years ago, yep. yeah. and then Quad City didn't have a full squad. and I'm like, oh, thank God. So <laughs> I still did send a referee, and we played a match of 15s where we gave them some of our players. This was two years ago. Yeah, and I was shitting my pants. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to send a referee. Mr. Gray was very
2: stressed. Yeah, but hey, yeah. but you did you did good. We did all, all right. right. Yeah, we you, were you right. worried about your cardio or what? I was worried about everything, <laughs>
0: but no, it worked out. It worked yeah. out. But that's why, like, we need we need more refs. And it, it like you said, I, I think there's so many people that have been involved in the game, and they want to stay involved. But everyone thinks it's got to be playing or coaching. And as mm-hmm. you've said, yeah. as Eddie's said, as you know, we're gonna call Andrew Ridgway here in a second. Um, it's so rewarding, and it's so you know to stay involved in the game in this role. It's important, and it means a lot. And something, too, that Ridgeway talked to me about, and we're really focusing with the Wombats this spring, is we want to get more of our guys coaching certified and referee certified mm-hmm. because our whole goal is you know, to grow the sport. And I love what the Wombats were doing on the field, but we are not going to meet our core mission, our core goal by recruiting guys who are, 37 years old to play 2 years of club rugby. We're going to really grow the sport if that guy becomes a coach or a referee and over the next 20 years gives back to the game. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that's the goal where I love what we're doing on the field, but we can have so much more of an impact coaching and ref'ing and as mm-hmm. Ridgway put it, creating a platform for mm-hmm. high school mm-hmm. kids to play the best game possible. Yeah, for what we do on Saturdays, it's
2: fun. But
0: we can
1: we can do more. We can do, yeah,
2: yeah, we can do both. Yeah. Question okay. for you, Adam. Let's say you're interested in surin, but you know you're not in the best shape in the world, and you you know me is a good example. Maybe a little rotund, a little top heavy, uh, not the best lungs. Can you like tag team it? Could like Mr. Gray and I? He gets one side of the fifty, I get the other side of the fifty, and we just.
3: Well that's what that's what the high school league did when it first. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: started. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And
3: it was oh, Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. it
2: was hard. I, I served yeah. I served the first and second season a couple times. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, like coming in and you know, used to being like the center referee and having your like, you know, your movements and, you know, that type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Having to adjust and, like, oh no, I need to do something completely different right now. Like mm. I struggled with that doing the high mm-hmm. school stuff
1: yeah oh, that's wild i didn't know they did that because i mean, yeah. i didn't get to experience rugby till like 2013 and i didn't go watch a high school match until like maybe the next year and like i remember they used to do other stuff too obviously like no kicking for conversion kicks and no, no lineouts. line-outs. Yeah. like yeah mm-hmm. it looks a lot different now the <laughs> league has come a long way <laughs> yeah yes. yeah
3: it was part of those like make the the bar you know to entry as low and as accessible as possible yeah. and then slowly just build up Mm -hmm.
1: quick
0: learning curve yeah it worked out so
1: yeah
0: yeah well no adam it's it's always good to talk to you about all of these things um and and again it's just such an important role that i i feel is very underappreciated um especially when when you're there (laughs) I (laughs) I, i mean on a saturday where you know you're playing in a match and i feel like when we played our bremer match um one of the main things I feel like I kept finding myself saying was just telling people to shut up. Um, I don't know why it's something that just it's in everybody's brain that when a knock on happens, everyone just yells knock, Knock. even though the referee has his arm out and has Mm -hmm. clearly identified it. There's just something in us that like people can't not say it. Um, You know, and, and Randy, uh, Kibbers was our referee, and he talked to me and Eric Frana and Tom McClyman and uh, Julian Hall, all the captains, about how, like, hey, the number one thing he was looking for was the back chatter and just the back talk, <laughs> and hey, if we can cut that out, it's going to be a great game, and honestly, that was the least amount of, like, arguing and, and back chat, and yeah. and it was a very fun game like I mean it wasn't contentious it wasn't like things didn't happen that didn't need to happen mm-hmm. because he set the tone early and good. and guys really weren't doing that stuff there was a few times where obviously it happens emotions get there but it was a good
1: experience so
0: yeah, we love to hear it. That's, that's yeah. funny
1: that you bring up the knock, the knock thing. I'm super guilty of that a lot because it's just like, knock. Oh. It's, like, yeah. but it's not like I'm yelling at the sir. It's just, I don't know, it's just a habit. And it's the like, referee, squirrel. And yeah, you know, the referee could yell back every time, <laughs> advantage. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
2: oh, wait, no, that's what their arm is for. Uh, right. uh, Adam, when did you first start, sir? And I forgot to ask that. That was something I was going to ask.
3: Um, So I got my certification uh, when I was in high school. Okay, oh, wow. that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just I would do it on off weekends while I played. Yeah, here
2: and there, and then because you were doing our matches at UNI, I remember. Yeah, and you'd only graduated a couple of years before. Yeah. yeah, well, like when I went, as I went to UNI. Yeah,
3: um, and they liked or having in me the there because any free weekend that I had and uh, Luther had a home match, mm-hmm. it was very easy for them to send me to Decorah versus someone from like Cedar Rapids or mm-hmm. Des Moines or you know something like that. So,
1: well, no, realistically, awesome. you're probably at the time, one of the only sirs in there or probably the only sir in the area. So at least pretty close to it. One of it. And, and yeah. doing a signing is
3: weird, right? Cause like you want to find that right balance where, um, you know, you want to put somebody in a spot where they'll be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to give the, the individual match, like, you know, the caliber that it mm-hmm. needs mm-hmm. and, um, deserves. Um, but you know, yeah. There's a it's people are limited resources, right? Um, yeah. yeah. You have to do what you got to do, but Yeah, oh. no, so I I so you're a vet at this point, <laughs> yeah. I've been around a little bit with it, yeah. yeah. And then started doing it more full-time. Um I
2: don't know, I, 7 8 now years ago. Um Well, thank so. you for everything you do for the state, for, Yeah, you know. Your great representation of obviously what we want to do and part of growing the game, so... Oh, shucks. We appreciate <laughs> you, and we appreciate you being here tonight, so...
0: Yeah, and Thank now you. we are going to pivot.
2: And pivot? We're going to call
0: one of our newer referees, Andrew Ridgway. Before we call him, though, uh, have you seen him officiate a match? Have you got any notes on him? So Let's I, just talk shit about him first before I, we okay, yeah. get him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs>
3: no, uh, so I think his first time... Like actually refereeing was a preseason high school sevens thing last spring, Mm -hmm. Um, and so there was like it was like a three three way kind of thing, Mm -hmm. Um, and so I came, Andrew came, and then another new referee um, came. So it's like okay, I'll you know like run a little bit here, and y'all can three sum, and y'all came. Yeah, right. Everyone had a great (laughs) time. And, uh, like, oh, yeah, Shadow, if you want, or whatever, right? Um, So I was there for his first Mm -hmm. time. Not in the cuck chair, but... (laughs) All right, we got that all out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was just, it was there. Uh, But he performed. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Let's
0: call him.
2: Yeah, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Sorry.
0: This episode is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy, the premier epoxy company in Iowa. You need your floors looking good. You need to redo the entire shop, the locker room floor, the fire station, the man cave.
1: Those are the guys to call. There's an infinite amount of floors that you would possibly mess with here. So whatever you need done, they can do some wicked ass designs for you. Whatever you got going on, just get it done. Get a hold of them.
0: Infinite designs 100% satisfaction rotor epoxy find them online now
1: All right so
0: we're actually going to pivot a little bit we might have even though we have a whiteboard with times on it <laughs> we might have went a little bit over from what we told Ridgway we were going to call him and you know he's a father yeah. And has fathered cro- one,
1: I fathered two, right. just one.
0: He has CrossFit in the morning with me, but whatever. He's a good boy. He um, gets his eight hours. He's in bed yeah, resting. So we'll talk to him next week and get his update on how the high school girls' uh, state tournament went. Uh, Phil and I both
1: talked to him briefly. Sounded like it was a good day. Yeah, it sounded like Tom did a really good job, well, and Fort Dodge in general, just did a really good job hosting state, you know, had really nice uh, – Um, amenities amenities yeah for the referees and everything and and the players and coaches and and coaches yeah yeah. very hospitable yeah Yeah. it was just a very well run tournament like obviously yeah Ridgeway spoke very highly of it so it'll be cool to get his input yeah you know when we get him on sorry sorry
2: we couldn't make it pretty sure last week we said all three of us were gonna go Uh,
1: yeah no we'll (laughs) give a we'll give a
0: shout out to Tom McClyman and you know, he said the, the Metro boys don't leave the metro
1: and ah, He was he right seems unfortunately. Right. We, don't, yeah.
2: we don't leave our home. I saw that snow
1: forecast and I was like, ugh it's like, a lot. Well, and you had Halloween with kids and I didn't really have a good excuse, but <laughs> I was watching I had to work. I was watching was one right. of my friends do powerlifting stuff. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you never seen someone bench press before? <laughs> well, not that much weight. <laughs> Whoa. How much are we talking? Like six eleven?
4: Damn.
1: Yeah, he's a big strong boy. The but- bar bend? Not really. It's a power bar. They don't whip too much. So,
0: oh, okay. Yeah. Well, we're also going to have next week Patrick Lawson, coach of Cedar Rapids, is going to come on. So he's <laughs> going to recap a little bit uh, of what happened. But, yeah, no, it sounded like, in all seriousness, Ford Dodge, they host an amazing tournament. Uh, Cedar Falls won back-to-back mm-hmm. championships. So congratulations to Brent Piper and all of his girls on another successful season, which is crazy because – They had two JV teams and their varsity team, and they didn't lose a single match. Wow.
1: Yeah. And I'm pretty sure last year their varsity didn't lose a single match. It's either they didn't lose a single match or maybe they lost one. I don't remember,
0: but... So, I'm just going to throw this out there. This is funny. So, the last time Cedar Falls and Brent Piper lost a match was in the state tournament two years ago.
1: Oh, my God. Against who? To
0: Roosevelt. (laughs)
1: God. Coached by Jeremy Newman and Ryan Gray. Hey. I, would, I would love to go back and just find one episode where you don't selfishly plug, you know, you coaching at Roosevelt. I'm surprised you don't
2: have the trophy in here. You know,
1: Roosevelt has it in a
0: closet. It's not. Go get it. It's not in a display case. The girls have said that. It's literally in a closet. So, it's no, too bad. We're working on they it. They
2: couldn't put it underneath like Cloris Leachman's picture or something. You know cool
0: like that. I work for Easton Lincoln. I don't know what Roosevelt does. Nah, I don't know, man. A but, gist, man. Yeah. but back to Roosevelt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, no, I do. It's our show. We can take <laughs> ourselves <laughs> up. Whatever. Okay, okay. Um but Roosevelt ended up 5th today. Mm-hmm. So, nice. if we go through Cedar Falls, they won the championship over Waverly. I think the final score was 34 mm-hmm. nothing. Um Southeast Polk Waverly in their semifinal match sounded like Ridgeway said he had that match. Yeah. He said that match was
1: wild. Like yeah. it was, a, it was probably one of the most entertaining matches of the day. Um, and so really he said it was like the most entertainment, entertaining match that he's ever been a part of. Mm-hmm. It was from what he had told me, mm-hmm. so that's pretty cool. Yeah, is, wow.
0: Oh yeah. And then on the other side, uh, it was Cedar Falls in the semifinal. They beat Central Springs, so Central Springs got fourth. Southeast Polk got third, Mm. Waverly second, and Cedar Falls got first. Roosevelt got fifth, and Cedar Rapids got sixth. Not sure how Ankeny and who is the eighth team? Phil, come on. I don't remember. So you always do this to me. Put me on the spot. (laughs) Put you on the spot. So Ankeny.
2: um, Ankeny and. Ankeny and.
1: In the end, that's not helping me, Gimli. Yeah. Um,
0: but again, we uh, will have next week Ridgeway and Patrick Lawson to yeah. go over everything in detail. But shout out to everybody who makes the high school league happen, Mason City. City. Mason City. It was Mason City. Yeah.
2: Tip for tongues. Yeah. And speaking of Brent Piper,
0: yeah,
3: newly inducted to the River City Hall of Fame. him. Hey. That's oh, hey. nice. nice. yeah. cool.
0: Did it's not cool. see that. I don't know how I got
3: on an email list about the River City (laughs) Hall of Fame process, but I did. Yeah. Yeah, they want to hear
0: your
2: input. You know. I guess. Yeah.
0: So I guess when you get news from the River City uh, old boys, you need to let us. I'll pass it along. (laughs) Well, congratulations.
1: Good weekend for him. I was going to say. Well, did I remember seeing a post from River City not that long ago? They they're like uh, fall ball, they call it. Mm, I wonder mm -hmm. if that was this
0: past weekend or not. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Awesome stuff.
0: So, no, congratulations. So, on next week's episode, like I said, we will talk about all of the matches. We'll go more in-depth. We'll also talk about everyone who made the All-State teams, uh, awards that were won. Because, uh, again, three-fourths of this show is just us reading statuses off of Facebook. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The other fourth is just... Don't tell them. Well, I mean... (sighs) behind the scenes yeah. the one fourth is interviewing which is just a conversation but the other three fourths is us just reading updates online so those mm. updates aren't posted yet So
2: 100% entertainment <laughs> mm.
4: hmm. yeah. Yeah. math checks
2: out math yeah <laughs> 60% so, of the time it works every time
0: also updates uh, college rugby yeah. University of Northern Iowa hosted Northwestern uh, in the semifinal of the Great Midwest Tournament they cats won the cats, yeah. eighty nine to ten. Woo! Yeah, yeah big time. So Zeus is kind of lacking on the
2: defensive coaching, <laughs> just a little yeah. bit. Uh. Two tries? Come on! Yeah, a little upset about that.
0: So I'm that. assuming then they're going to most boys.
1: likely be playing Loyola then this weekend.
0: No, Whitewater beat them Whitewater. Yeah, Whitewater, what?
1: Yeah. yeah, I did not see that.
0: So Loyola, who's been in like the top four, top six yeah. all year, they finished top four last year. Whitewater beat them at Loyola 17 15. Wow. So it's a rematch. And again, if we remember,
1: you and I almost put up 100 on Whitewater. Yeah, it was man, pretty one sided in that one. Is that going to. Are you able to pull up if where that's hosted at? Cottage Grove. It is at Cottage Grove. Okay. $5 admission.
2: Cottage Grove, Wisconsin? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Philadelphia well, is insane. Yeah. It's right. amazing. It's really nice. And they yeah, used yeah. to host. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Well, because, like, when we went, I mean, we're, they've had, they usually would have, like, the final four or whatever, right. like, both sides, like, first and second seat on both sides of the conference, mm-hmm. just meet up in Cottage Grove and just play. So, Saturday, Sunday, but yeah. I think they it's realized, nice. like, yeah. hey, we'll give you a week to recover. Yeah.
2: That's really nice yeah. they do that. That would suck to play Saturday and then Sunday.
0: It's always super cool, but, yeah. no, that... What they've done since we played there, I mean, they've mm. made so many improvements. It was and, nice when we played there. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So yeah. um, next weekend, you and I versus Whitewater. Uh, both those teams are guaranteed to make the playoffs, but seeding is what will matter there. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to the you and I men, Whitewater next weekend. Then the University of Northern Iowa women played against Minnesota. They won 34-26. So next up for them, they will be in the Elite Eight in St. Louis on November 10th. Uh, And then the winner of that will go to the D1 Final Four on November 12th. And then if they win that, they go to Houston. So a couple things there I just want to point out. Number one, we've been talking, you and I, fantastic team. You know, they beat Iowa State, so they are... The top women's team in the Midwest Conference, but the score line, I, like I want to kind of learn more or just kind of know, like that seems pretty close for them.
1: Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. I'm a little surprised by the score line. I mean, Iowa I don't know. State
0: beat Minnesota fifty three to zero a few yeah. weeks back, and then you and I beat Minnesota. So, no idea if maybe different lineup or if there was injuries or if just. I don't know. Maybe yep. some fresh legs, some subs got in to get some experience before playoffs, or if they're arresting someone, or if Minnesota came out super motivated and um, yeah. So I, I know we speculate a lot. Yeah, I was just gonna I, say, Adam, we just, speculate a yeah. lot. On this. If you're
2: if you're at the match, please feel free to let us know yeah. what happened. Yeah, yeah.
0: cool yeah. well, I mean, <laughs> not to be yeah. like rude, yeah. but I mean, uh, the last few score lines we've seen from you and I, like eighty-nine to zero and seventy-something yeah. to zero. So like. Yeah, it's just... that's Just interesting. An eight-point yeah. yeah. eight match against Minnesota is, is interesting. So, um, But either way, they're going to the Elite Eight. They're going to be in St. Louis. Also moving to the Elite Eight is the Iowa State women's team. So they went and played, or they hosted Madison. Or maybe they went to Madison. We'll never know. They won 79-0. to oh. Wow. <laughs> and they are also going to the playoffs and I talked to Greg Rodriguez the coach Uh, I asked him to kind of just talk a little bit about you know what what he saw so they wanted to make a statement leading into playoffs Uh, they continued to play unselfishly the field awareness was key Uh, he took some things that he learned from AIC in 2009 from their playbook and he applied them haha (laughs) (laughs) We finished the regular season with opponents scoring 33% less than last season. So the team has become more defensive focused. So uh, that's something I know I've talked to him about. It's just he's wanted to focus on the defense. He's wanted to, you know, the offense is clicking right now, very unselfish. um, But really getting that defense and to try to get a rematch with Northern Iowa in the playoffs. So from what he's heard, it sounds like, playoff picture, there's one site that's going to be in St. Louis. I is going to that one. Sounds like Michigan, who's ranked number one, will also be there. Southern Nazarene will be there. Mm-hmm. And then there's an at-large bid. And it's looking like that could be either Virginia Tech or Boise State. And then in Indiana, they're going to have either Indiana or Notre Dame. Virginia. Notre Dame College and then Iowa State University. So there's still some matches that need to be played, um, but obviously some big-time players there. Virginia Tech was one of the top teams. Virginia upset Virginia Tech, so that's how Virginia Mm. has snuck into there. And then it sounds like Indiana and Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish, um, are fighting for a spot there as well. And then Notre Dame College, who's been a wagon yeah, They're going to be there. So that's kind of how our Elite Eight is shaping up for the women's side. Have you done any or do you have any high-level college women's matches that you've done lately or do you know anything about them? Nope, I don't.
3: All Right. Hmm. Sorry, I can't help.
0: I know. <laughs> yeah. I tried. Um, but you did help me with the University of Iowa. They played a friendly against Illinois, and that's kind of one of those things where Iowa is in the Midwest Conference for the men's. Um, but they still play some Big Ten teams. You know, mm. we saw they played Wisconsin. So they played Illinois, and they won 81-5. to five. Wow. Which is fascinating because Illinois has been this team. One of our first episodes, we talked to a guy who was previously the coach at Illinois, and we talked about how they were not doing so hot. They rebuilt over COVID. They are really shooting up, and then they're just kind of all over the place, so eighty one to five that's a really interesting outcome, but also I know Tyler Daly has just been very hyper focused on improving this mm-hmm. Iowa squad, and he's doing a fantastic job. so
3: not to take too much wind out of the sales. I think that that was an illinois b side oh okay Illinois just got into the big ten championship oh, okay playoffs. Uh-huh.
0: gotcha, okay, so that changes everything, so good thing you're here because otherwise <laughs> right? we would not know that so. Illinois is doing great. They made the Big Ten Championships tournament. Their B side played Iowa's A side, but still, awesome yeah. result for Iowa to end your fall season with an eighty-one to five win. That's cool. Yeah, that's good.
3: I actually did an Illinois match this fall. Nice. I did them and Ohio State in Champaign. Oh.
0: nice. No, Ohio State. They're always a favorite to win as well. They're a very top-class club. Mm-hmm. Historically yeah, it was, good,
3: yeah, it was a fun match.
0: Nice. And then we know the Iowa women. They played against the Michigan State women. Uh, we don't know the outcome yet, so yeah. we'll have an update for you next week. So I know, again, Iowa women, uh, their goals were pretty high this year, but that Big Ten conference it's is tough. a gauntlet. And when you have Michigan. Yeah, returning national champs. Yeah, like, they've been number one the whole year. And then yeah. Indiana, Notre Dame. Purdue, uh, some really really tough clubs in there, um, but still, be interested to see how that game turned out. Um, Iowa Central is done for the season, so that's kind of our mm-hmm. wrap up right now. Iowa State will play against Missouri or Kansas State, yeah, and then Iowa to, yeah. will play against Kansas when they get to their playoffs. Mm-hmm. So that's coming up here soon, and then you and I is in the playoffs. The you and I women, Iowa State women playoffs. So we'll keep our eyes on that. Speaking of playoffs, we mentioned it last week. There are no more Iowa teams alive in the playoffs, but right now, this is interesting. Um, in the quarterfinals, are you looking at Big Ten? No, I'm now into the senior side. Sorry. So, in the women's D2, South Buffalo women are moving on. Akron women are moving on. Grand Rapids growlers are moving on. And the Wisconsin women's rugby are moving on. In the men's D3, Louisville rugby defeats South Pitt 26-12. The Detroit tradesmen D3 team defeats Detroit rugby 19-15. Wisconsin rugby... D3 defeats Lake County, 38-14. And look at this. Wow. The Red River Ruffians. Don't tell Did they lose? No. Oh, okay. They <laughs> defeated the Rochester Rogues
1: 53-0. to Whoa. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a very surprising scoreline. But, dude, I was saying from the beginning, the Red River Ruffians are pretty good. I mean, they've won D4 the past, like, three years in a row. Yeah. By, like, large margins. <laughs> and they move so. up to D3,
0: and they're just running the table. Yeah. Because um, that's a similar scoreline to what they had with Quad City. Rochester beat Bremer last week. Bump River, Red River Ruffians up to D1. <laughs>
1: no one will drive to well, I mean, a... they're pretty much on an island on them yeah. by themselves, like in North Dakota. Like, ugh. That's tough. Yeah. yeah that's really tough because, I mean, what other league would be closer? Like, none. Like, I'd, there's not really any closer league than Minnesota. Canada.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know.
0: I don't know my providences Is that what hmm? in Canada? Provinces. What do they call their states? Provinces. Provinces.
4: Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the Saskatchewan. You know, you got Yellowknife. You got. I don't know. Is I don't. Newf- no. Newfoundland.
0: That. This is your area of expertise.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. British Columbia. Um, uh, Chris
0: Jericho's from Winnipeg. You idiot. Have you, ever, have you ever seen that uh, no. clip? There's a uh, clip where no. Chris Jericho's fighting the Undertaker or something, and he's outside the ring, and a person in the crowd goes, go back to Toronto. And he turns, he's like, I'm from Winnipeg,
4: you idiot. <laughs> That's really
0: funny. Then we uh, move into D2. Yeah, we do. No, we move into D4 men. Uh, the Finlay Scars beat the Columbus Castaways. The West Side Outcasts beat the Pittsburgh Forge. A lot of these are like... Higher-level sides have a second side. Mm-hmm. Um, the Carfu League Championship, the CRC Silverbacks defeat Lincoln Park. And the Mankato Marauders beat the Sioux Falls Crows 19-5. to oh.
4: hmm.
0: Sioux Crows, third team that we played against last spring. Yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. a good group of guys. Yeah. They also had one female player on their team because there's yeah. not a single... And I'm pretty sure she played with them this fall, because there's not a women's team within, like, I don't know, 10 hours. I thought oh, there wow. was technically, like, a rule against that, though, wasn't there? Uh, it's I D4. Yeah, and was she going to do, drive 10 hours to go play for... It's fair. I, I, don't I don't know. Maybe not 10 hours, but... Either way. Exaggerating how far away the Twin Cities are from <laughs> Sioux Falls, but... Right. It's fine.
3: Yeah. And then, uh cool thing about d3 d4 playoffs coming up mm-hmm. they're doing super sites for this last round nice and one of them is in dubuque
0: oh that's awesome oh really yeah mm-hmm. i thought i saw elliot say something about that he was talking to me about how we're gonna have elliot on the show in two weeks huh. if you guys looked at the spreadsheet um and he said that they were hosting and he'd be able to fill in for us and tell us what happens that's, Oh, cool wow
2: yeah. how did they get that
3: uh i don't know how that all came together Mm -hmm. probably just you know location and whatever Mm. um but we are supplying ars and a number four for both those matches nice oh wow
4: Hmm.
0: yeah and then uh d1 and d2 are still in league play so they didn't have playoffs um but if we look at d2 what they're up to um Des Moines. Yeah, they won their last match. Yep. yep. What would they win? 58 28, something, something like that? Something like that, yeah. And I thought I saw Nick Barrett say that they were actually down, I think, 28 18, and they scored 40 unanswered points. Whoa.
1: Yeah. It's weird.
0: <laughs> Pretty cool. Ooh. And then I think east Side is going to win the D2. They they locked it the other week. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then D1. My thing's not loading, but.
2: It was, yeah, West 58 just to confirm. Thank you. You're mm-hmm. welcome.
3: D1? Yeah. What do we so got for D1? East 1 is Cincinnati Wolfhounds, and they're playing West 2, which is the KC Blues. Okay. And West 1 is St. Louis Bombers, and they're playing East 2, who are the Chicago Griffins. Gotcha. Hmm. They snuck in because of, um, I think Detroit losing? Kind of narrowly.
0: Yeah, Detroit. I mean, they were kind of on the top of the table all year long. I yep. saw, too, Aiden Farrell is playing for the Chicago Lions right now. Did you see that? I did not, know. Yeah, they had a, he's played a few positions in the back three. He was at wing this past weekend.
3: Also oh. popped up in the Hounds Academy
0: photos. Saw that, too. Yeah, Badger Kings was taking pictures there. Oh. And so could we see Aiden Farrell with the Hounds? He's in a photo. He had a T-shirt on. That's pretty cool.
3: The Hans Academy is playing some for Pennsylvania All-Stars or something like that. The okay. Championships is, like, an exhibition. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. So. I remember, like, the Stars did that a few years ago when, like, yeah. Casey and Nico and Todd Becker played against, like, NOLA's Academy, and that was always, that's cool to see them do that where, I mean, they're probably scouting those teams as well as getting a good run in for mm-hmm. them, so... It's nice to get an academy stuff set up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, and that's interesting, too, because I've been seeing player signings for MLR. Like, where do they draw the line of, like, we have a draft, but we also sign people. Like, I I don't know. That's interesting how they want to market the draft almost like the NFL, because I think it's like, oh, American fans love a good draft. But at the same time, when you look at how rugby is worldwide with – Academies and working through your academy and getting promoted to the top side and like I don't know those two systems don't they're two way different schools of thought but yet they're doing both of them I mean is that something I don't know an issue
3: I I think the MLR draft is more just like the rights to sign Mm -hmm. type of thing gotcha Mm
0: -hmm. yeah because I mean yeah they let I think I know juniors can be in the draft I don't know if sophomores can be in it as well we're like they're like Hey, we're gonna tab you. Once you're done, give us a call because I know that's like the Iowa State player Brandon Carnes was drafted by Houston. Went down there, hung out with them for a little bit, and they're like, "All right, go back to school, get your degree." Yeah, we'll talk to you in a year or two, mm-hmm. you know. So that's cool. Um, yeah. So then moving on. After that, we have an update for the Iowa AGM that is coming up soon. I feel like it's coming up pretty pretty quickly. So make sure you get your calendars set. You do not want to miss the AGM, especially if you have ideas. So that is going to be on December 2nd. And it's going to be in Cedar Rapids at 30 Hop Bar and Grill. It'll be upstairs. At 1 p.m. there will be a women's forum. Basically any women in the state who want to talk about how we can improve senior side Um, How we can improve numbers, how we can get more teams, or how we can just make a league or a schedule, Um, getting more things on the schedule, just anything. How do we get the college players into the senior side? Um, Just whatever. How do we support women's rugby? Want to hear from female voices um, how things are going, how we fix it, how we make it better. Because we have a great high school league, obviously, as we've seen yesterday at the state tournament uh we have multiple national level teams at the collegiate side so where are they going yeah twin city amazons um (laughs) (laughs) or just not
1: continuing to play you know
0: Yep. how do you retain them yep and then the agm is at 130 and so that's 951 blair's ferry road cedar rapids iowa um 130 is the agm more details about that. An itinerary will be posted. Um, some some changes happening. Hopefully some good positive change. So please make sure you can get there. Um, doesn't even have to be just one person from a club. Any person who wants to help, you know, many hands make light work. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely one thing that's going to happen is more committees. So it's like so often at the last few AGMs, it's like, hey, we nominate you for this position no can't commit to it can't commit to it can't commit to it well instead of having like a year-long position looking at more of hey who wants to be on the committee for the all iowa who wants to be on the committee for iowa seven series who wants to be on the committee for select side having smaller jobs with a few people that's the goal because a lot of people have given feedback hey i can't commit to a long-term thing but maybe a single project will be the way to go. So, and then again, just if you have an idea, instead of just sitting at home and holding it to yourself, come and talk about it, hash it out, and we'll see what happens. And yeah, it's starting at one thirty. The goal is to keep it around an hour and a half, two hours. But good luck. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> well, and that's where I'm like, well, it starts oh. at one thirty, and then there's going to be a social after. I'm sure a lot of the best ideas are going to be. Or maybe not the best, maybe the most vocal ideas will be at the bar afterwards. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> where all the greatest ideas are, right? Sure. Oh yeah. You sound good in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So AGM, be there. Big things happening, cool yeah. things coming. You're gonna be there, right, Mr. Gray? <sighs> I'll see what I can do. Yeah, no, I'll be <laughs> there <laughs> <too>. yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. Yeah. Um World Cup. Ooh. World Cup. World, um, Cup. World Cup, World
1: Cup, World Cup.
0: We're going to have Nichols on next week. Yeah. So his kid is sick. I'm not going to call him right now because it's late. Um, he's going to dive into it and we're going to really get into the World Cup, but we're just going to touch base on mm-hmm. it. New Zealand did not win, no. they were the favorite. They didn't. They didn't. Uh, South Africa, congratulations yeah. to yeah. One on the kicking game again.
2: Invictus <laughs> part due. Nope. No. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So South Africa number one, New Zealand two. England number three. three, Argentina four. This seemed like the greatest and most competitive World Cup ever. Oh. Like the matches were all fantastic. Like as a fan, even like people who do not follow international rugby, it seemed like, especially as they got into the tournament, the knockout rounds, those yeah. matches were
1: fantastic. Quarterfinal rounds were like some of the best rugby. Ever mm-hmm. just unreal, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe not some of those pool play matches where some of those tier
0: two nations just like, hey, we're happy to be here, get 79 points hung up on them. Yeah. And that's where next week we will also talk with Nichols about new world rugby changes where more teams, 24 teams, are going to be in the world cup in 2027. Tiers, yeah. Uh, we're going to have different um, bin- nations league. What is that word? I don't know, biennial, yeah. What does that mean
3: every two years every
0: two years okay so we gotta keep the lions and you gotta keep
3: the world cup yeah so everything else works around those gotcha Hmm.
0: yeah nichols is gonna be he gave me some notes and i don't want to like i just did there butcher it (laughs) um (laughs) we'll dive into what that is. oh yeah every two years okay (laughs) three lines down
2: is that supposed to make it easier for smaller nations
0: Again, we'll talk to okay, Nichols sorry. on that, because also there's some interesting stuff where South America sounds like they just kind of were like, we're not doing this. They want to do their yeah. own thing. Um, yeah. So there's some, there's some interesting stuff. There's a lot of I'm, mixed feelings about it. So, yeah. yeah.
1: We have a ton, a ton of, of screenshots <laughs> screenshots yeah.
0: from Twitter. Oh, my goodness. Fascinating. Yeah, those are
2: confusing.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
0: right? You're That's right. why Nichols yeah. is okay. really, he rubbed his head a lot thinking about it. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting, too, because... Some people think it's great for Tier 2 nations. Some people think Tier 2 nations are throwing a pity party for themselves because they feel left out. I don't know. It's a lot to dive into, but I don't know. They're trying. They're doing something. Also, I think the one thing I will say about these new World Cup changes or the World Rugby changes is a lot of American people on Twitter were like, you think this is gonna grow the sport? We have to watch rugby at 4 a.m. or whatever, whatever. And it's like, Who cares? hey guys, it's not about us. Like we didn't even make the World Cup. Like yeah, we don't man. really get a say in. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> it's it's we're not, not about us. The
2: goal. Yeah, we're not making the rules here.
0: Yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting. Thought that was funny. Um, but yeah,
3: if that's the prevailing voice, then we'll sell out every World Cup. Yeah. game that we host both times we host it right We're, oh exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. got it yeah, Expect okay, cool. if
0: it's at prime time i mean we should we should almost like ha- the world cup should be at like the university of michigan hundred thousand people
1: right <laughs> yeah, or sure. fill the Dude. horseshoe up at ohio state God, i really hope we do though when we host i really hope they we sell out every fucking seat but yeah do you think
0: we'll see. <laughs> do you think they increase the World Cup to 24 teams cuz they're scared USA is not going to be good enough by the well, time we host we, we automatically host get battle, don't we? The host is automatically host is in. Automatically. I know, but but, it, but actually still.
3: increasing it um lowers the number of matches each team has to play. Okay. Because they, they divvy the pools up differently, so the okay. pools so, are smaller. So like right now the pools are bigger, and they have that that bye week. Yeah, in yeah, there, yeah, yeah. And that's okay. what helped like extended it out like a month and a half or whatever. Okay. So without meeting about a... that player welfare bit, they can okay. chop off a little bit of time. That's smart, huh? That's interesting. So by by growing out, they kind of like shrink in a weird
1: okay. way.
0: Yeah, because if you've ever tried to plan a tournament and you've had to schedule referees for a tournament, and some of the pools where it's like, oh, there's only seven teams, or, oh, we have 11 teams. like, But here, going from 20 to 24, and what that looks like, four pools of five, and now we have, what would that be? Three Eight pools of three? Six of or four. Six of four. Oh, because mm-hmm. three matches. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. I hmm. think
2: they will be able to sell out. They should be. But at the same time, is it going to be sold out with – only 10% Americans and 90% foreigners who have flown over here to watch matches. Well, it's going to be interesting
3: what time of year the USA stuff
2: is hosted because the traditional World Cup window is in the fall,
3: and so if you have it in the fall in the U.S., it's chilly. Most of your well, it's chillier, and most of your stadium infrastructure is booked up because they're not going to. That's right, because the end, it's the too end, much it's, of it's NFL, it's the end football, of the, college
2: football stuff. it's the end of the MLS, and, and
1: yeah, when they host matches, they're Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, you know, football. Yeah. So yeah, that will be interesting, and it's not like they're going to build there's, additional no, there's, infrastructure there's for it. There's so. Plenty of
2: random stadiums that don't get used anymore. I mean, there's literally like I think two dozen stadiums that are only used once a year for college bowl games, like the Cotton Bowl and stuff like that, randomly. Or it used to be. What are they, gonna ho- that are they
0: going to hope? Are they going to have 24 World Cup teams oh, you're right. in no, whatever you're right. city the Cotton
1: Bowl's at? Uh, no, you're like, right. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah. they can figure it out. It's going to be interesting. Hopefully, whoever is going to be in charge of most of that yeah. <laughs> has got their shit figured out. Uh, yeah, the people uh, of World Rugby are very... Ooh. We'll just... Yeah, we'll leave it at that.
0: <laughs> we'll make good choices. Um, yeah, so we'll save... We'll save all the world rugby news for when Nichols gets back and we'll dive through all those screenshots because there's a lot. Um, Again, we'll go over in depth, we'll break down each of the World Cup matches. um, We'll get real deep. Real deep because now that there's no high school rugby, World Cup's over. the we, we do. We winding have, down. It's winding down. There's yep. no senior clubs in Iowa going on. So we're going to need some stuff to fill the next, I don't know. It's Midwest rugby. Six, we'll six months. Um, For two more weeks. Two more weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll save. Yeah, and they announced all the World Rugby Awards as well. Mm-hmm. I say we save all that stuff. Yeah, probably. Because Nichols would be sad if we did it without him.
1: And he'll just bring it up next week anyway. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, I think uh, yeah, World Rugby, It's uh, changes
0: are going to be interesting. I don't know. Now I'm thinking about that, like World Cup in the fall. Where will they host it? Yeah, that's how? A, real,
1: it's a really good point. I never really thought about it, to be honest. So, yeah. And we're going to be hosting it back-to-back. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they it's not going to be one of those trial and error things where it's like they kind of fuck it up the first year and then – Four no. years later, they make corrections. I don't know. Maybe they could just build a whole new stadium in a, in a new city. That ain't happening. We'll make it work. <laughs> I
2: feel like this this next is going to be in Australia, right? The next one? Yeah. In 2027? Yeah. And Australia, even though Rugby Union is huge there, it's like one of six sports like that in Australia. In Australia, the Aussie rules football is huge. Football, regular soccer is huge. Mm-hmm. Rugby League is really, really big in Australia. That's the big one. Yeah, Yeah. it's probably the number one. Plus, they play just, like, a bunch of other random weird sports. I mean... Uh, Basketball's getting big there. Basketball's Mm -hmm. been big there, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have sports... They have, like, lifeguarding as a sport there. I mean, they got all kinds of weird stuff. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying, like, field-wise, they have a bunch of different stadiums that are probably specific for certain things they're going to have to utilize.
1: Not to get hung up on the stadium thing, though, but... I have a solution for that by the way. Okay. Do you well, so world rugby cup estimated for France's economy was like barely over a billion dollars, which is like that's a lot of it's a lot of money, but to build a stadium is like a couple like it's like definitely over a billion dollars to build a stadium in the US. Uh, so,
0: no, it's between 19 million and 24 million because my solution, we could host bullshit. it in Des Moines. <laughs> we could have the main stadium be the new Pro soccer stadium, and the second s- secondary stadium could be the Mid American Des Moines Public Schools 4,000 seat stadium that they built for between 19 million and 24 million. Be a good use for it. I mm. mean,
2: there's got to be some Texas high school football stadium we can get or something, you know? No, <laughs> seats 25,000. That
0: or something. would be wild to host it in Des Moines, <laughs> but there's no. No way. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's not even enough parking for no. a, a Roosevelt football game.
2: <laughs> so if Jason Momoa wants to donate $100 million. <laughs> Do you think it, it costs a billion aqua? dollars to dude, build a stadium? Dude, football How?
1: stadiums, dude, are like a couple. Like It's literally I like mean, $2 billion to build a football stadium. If you pay, million yeah, yeah, if you pay a million or a billion. billion if you pay a bunch no, of I, union I, guys. Dude, You're talking about the Cowboys stadium. Yeah, you are. No, nah, dude. It's like, like a spaceship. Saint, the Saints. Uh, one was, like, over a billion dollars to build it. I guess. The
2: Saints? Well, that got getting flooded. That was their problem. That was... No.
1: Just <laughs> build Katrina. It oh, my god!
2: It did. Damaged it. Oh, my god! What? I didn't do it. The
0: Viking Stadium was pretty expensive, too. Yeah. We're also talking... I mean, a
1: 70,000 SoFi so Stadium 6.22 billion dollars That's Los Angeles. Well, that was in Los a Angeles. How oh, yeah. Legion, stadium. House Legion $2 stadium 2 billion dollars. $2 MetLife Stadium 2.28 okay. billion dollars. And again, Mercedes-Benz Stadium 2 billion dollars. Now look up Des Moines
0: Public Schools Mid-American <laughs> Stadium.
1: 22.5
2: 19
0: 5 to okay. 24 whatever million. just admit
1: I'm right. I
2: was right in the middle.
0: Yeah. 4000 we can fit 4000 people in there. Ugh. If you want to see a middle school football game there next year, I'm hosting. Mm. I'll get you in for free. <laughs> Save you four bucks. <laughs> oh, shoot. Well, I think we should probably wrap it up here because we're going to, like I said. We're going to ramble. We're going to ramble. We I are, ramble, r- we are we're rambling. rambling. Um, we we stuck pretty close, 26 minutes off from that. That's not too bad. No, that's not bad. Do you have any other things? Adam, do you have any, any other things to share with the world or? No, I'm a meat popsicle.
4: Yeah. Well, I guess that's the thing to share. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you Adam
0: are. is a, quote, meat popsicle. Yeah. That'll be the tagline for this mm. episode. Great. Just <laughs> a picture of you and just quotes, I'm a meat popsicle. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get the
2: people going. Jim, anything else? I'll add that after a quick Google search, <laughs> I have found that there's a possibility that they might hold the U.S. World Cup between June and September. They've already determined this, because they proposed using MLS stadiums, NFL stadiums, and even Major League Baseball stadiums, since Ugh. if they did do it in the fall, yeah, it would suck. at least, you know, two more than two-thirds of the stadiums would be open. Football stadiums, when they put those in the outfield of baseball stadiums?
0: They weren't wide enough, so I don't know how they would get an extra twenty-three
1: meters. Yeah, I don't know how that work but... but
0: they played sevens in baseball fields, do yeah. they? But, well,
3: the sevens World Cup that was in San Francisco, was hosted where the Giants played. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, BNC, okay. Yeah. When the U.S. first got a seven stop, it was in San Diego, Petco Park. Yeah. Did they have
0: a lot of sand on the field like when the Raiders used to play in a park? No. no like I'm not like I'm not trying to be funny. No, but I like... think
2: they put turf over. Oh,
0: okay, so they were mm-hmm. able to.
2: Yeah, Petco Park, guess, use, Petco Park used to host the Sevens
0: before it was in Vegas. I guess I'm thinking of, like, the 1990s Raiders. Like, technology <laughs> no, I mean, has probably come a long way. It's
2: possible. Yeah. That's that's all I got to add, though.
0: Well, that's good to know. That's interesting. Yeah.
2: and yeah. De, Oh, and also, Des Moines not on the list of the 25 cities <laughs> they put. Ah. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, right
0: yet. I feel like my guess would be... Cal Somewhere in California. LA.
2: Yeah. Kansas City's got it. Chicago would be a guess. Minneapolis, Kansas City, or the two Midwest ones in there. Chicago, so that's cool. Yeah. That'd
1: be really cool because then that'd be doable to go at mm-hmm. least for one or two. Like California, mm, I, I feel I could do it, but it, you would never get the chance again. That's true too. So it's
2: a lot of traveling. Yeah. But Australia's gonna have the same problem because Australia is literally only people only live on each coast. So most people live on the east coast. That's the majority, but even that, it's like up and down the coast. So you you might have to fly three or four hours to get from Queensland to like Tasmania or something. Mm. And then if you go to like Perth, you literally have to go across the entire country, which could be like five or six hour flight or longer. Have have to... Really scary spiders. And... They really scary everything. Yeah, there. I would never go to. Australia. They probably have trains though. I think, mm. but it's desert it's yeah. the it's it's what it's the outback and there's not blooming onions okay
0: there was a movie i remember i had to watch in college one time about someone who got stranded in the desert in australia and it really freaked me out but i can't think of the name of that movie. And a dingo ate
2: their baby no
0: no
1: god damn it we're rambling <laughs> again yeah <laughs> all right well <laughs> phil how you doing good you good you good you you?
2: I'm good <laughs> H- 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 you. Good you. Good you.
4: Sorry, H- I blew your bed It's okay. Oh yeah, you did. Fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh legs.